This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. disappointed if you depend on Christ. That's why Jesus seek the king the first and all his righteousness and all things will be added to you. But we want to get all things and try to seek God at the same time. It's not going to happen. But when we follow God and we depend on Christ and the Holy Spirit that's in us rather than ourselves, we could boldly quote even scriptures like Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Many of us have experienced multiple times in our lives our own ability and strength often lets us down when it matters most. Whether it's breaking a bad habit or being more compassionate, constant failure can definitely lead to disappointment. In today's message, Pastor Eddie reminds us of the importance of looking to Christ for strength and not ourselves. In our study, we learn that by looking to our own ability for success, we are sure to be met with disappointment time and time again. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in Romans chapter 7 for today's edition of Running the Race. prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 64 verse 6, he said, but we are all like unclean things and all our righteousness are like filthy rags. Your righteousness, if you think you're doing right, there's nothing good that dwells in me. Paul says it. Our righteousness, that's the best that you can do. The best you've ever been. And if you look at yesterday's glory or yesterday, a glory that you lived a month ago or a year ago when you remember that time when you were really close to the Lord, or if you got to look back that during those times, you live in yesterday's glory, there's a problem. You have backsliding. But let's say you do look back. If that was your best, if that was your best, is it's filthy rags, the best you can do. How many times we got to th- stop thinking about ourselves, saints, it is not your righteousness, not my righteousness. It is his righteousness. Isn't it great that I know I'm as filthy rags, but I'm covered by the blood? Isn't it great that I am a misfit, I am a wretched, but I am saved by grace? Isn't it great that we're, there's nothing good in me, but, you know, God sees his son. That's the only good thing in me is Jesus Christ. It's not Eddie, no part of Eddie. It's Jesus Christ. So there's nothing good in me. And you want to know why at times we walk in, a, in our relationship with Christ? You want to know why we are oftentimes disappointed with ourselves? You're disappointed. So you want to know why? It's because you, me, all of us, we have, oh, we have a tendency to think that there's something good in me. There's something good in you. Don't believe... We live in a world where there, not just a bookshelf, aisles of better you to help yourself. Self, that's a section by itself. Any bookstore you go, self helps. It's big. And it ranges from anything and everything. And you get all these books to, you know, five steps to better you. 
10 steps are better you. You go to conferences. There are a lot of conference goers. Every year, all your life as a Christian, you want to get that book or that tape or that, or that series. And if I could just get that series, I have made it right. Because I just need, a, I need to help myself. I need this book to help me help myself. Christian for dummies. Right? That's, that should be there. I and mean, it probably is. I don't know. You know, read the Bible. Now, now, please, I'm not trying to, but I'm including myself in this. I'm including myself in everything I teach. I include myself, and you know I do. But I want us to understand and get to the point to understand that there's nothing good in us. That is why we're disappointed with ourselves over and over again. We fail, we fail, because we try to do things in our own strength. What does Paul says? For they know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing, not some of the things. Oh, there's a few things. Nothing good dwells. Nothing. Paul is writing this letter in Rome. He's been saved. He's been shipwrecked. He's, he's been in prison. <laughs> he knows. He's been a Pharisee. He studied the scripture. He knows theology. He knows interpretation. He knows hermeneutics. He knows how to interpret the scriptures. And he's saying himself, he says, but I know in me there's nothing good that dwells. Or how I daily wish that we could die to ourselves so that what? He may live. John the Baptist said this, I must decrease, he must increase. Jesus said, he who seeks his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will what? Find it. We have this problem with self. And so when we depend on Jesus Christ, you will never be disappointed. You'll never be disappointed if you depend on Christ. That's why Jesus seek the kingdom first and all his righteousness and all things will be added to you. But we want to get all things and try to seek God at the same time. It's not going to happen. But when we follow God and we depend on Christ and the Holy Spirit that's in us, rather than ourselves, we could boldly quote even scriptures like Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's when that verse comes in boldly in our lives because we depend on Jesus Christ. We don't depend on self. There's nothing good in us. I'm as filthy rags. I'm not knocking you down. We're going to get to the good point. When we get to chapter 8, okay? All right? It's a little, you know, it's a little therapy, right? You know, you got to prune the tree, right? Prune the bread. Take off those, you know, bad branches in our life. Let God just strip away those things, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. If it's conviction, praise the Lord. Then you know. But if you want to beat me up, you're in the flesh. It's conviction. Praise the Lord. It's biblical. I'm in this with you. And this is, this is important for us to understand. This is Paul, the apostle, writing. So don't blame me. Blame Paul. And Paul's going to say, blame the Holy Spirit, right? Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present within me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. No self helps. I do not find it. In other words, the desire to do good. Paul is saying the desire to do good is there, is winning, but how to perform it, I just cannot find the way to perform it. Remember, case in point, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying to the Lord, praying to the Father, he was there with his disciples, and even less than an hour, just less than an hour, maybe 15, 20 minutes, Jesus found them all sleeping. Then he tells Peter in Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 and 41, he said, what? Really? That's enough. That's today we say, really? Really, Peter? Could you not watch with me one hour? That's the least. 
Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right there, Jesus just said it. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so putting the two together, what Jesus had said and what Paul is in agreement confirming what Jesus is saying. Jesus said the spirit is indeed willing. Paul just said here in this verse, he says, the will is present within me. The will to do is in me. Jesus said the spirit is indeed willing. Paul says the will is present within me. Jesus said the flesh is weak. Paul confirms it. He said, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. That's the flesh. How do I try to do it? Brackets in the flesh, it's impossible. It's impossible. You can't do it in the flesh. Forget this mind over matter. Forget about all these things that people try to say, oh, yeah, it's all in the mind. I use that too. I bother my wife with that. Oh, it's cold. I don't want to raise up the heat. It's in the mind. Just kidding. No, we're not cheap with the heat at the house. But I always tell her. And then sometimes, guess what? I say, man, it's cold. She'll say, it's in the mind. (laughs) Be careful what you say. (laughs) But that's not how it works with the Lord. If you're trying to do good on your own in the flesh, it's not going to work. You're going to be disappointed, saints. Don't do it in your own. It is through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and through him. Wouldn't it be better? Think about it. Would you want to save yourself or you want Jesus to save you? Would you want to handle the situation in your life, trials and tribulations, or do you want Jesus to do it for you? It's better than it's better with Jesus to take care of it, right? Perfect example. I go to Walmart and buy probably the best basketball that they have in the market. The best one, Spalding. I don't know, probably spend 40, 50, 60 bucks if they go for that much. I don't know. In my I take it out of the box. That basketball in my hand is worth how much I pay. As a matter of fact, it's probably less because I just took it out of the package, right? In my hands is worth 40 bucks, 30 bucks, 20 bucks. But a basketball like that and someone like Michael Jordan is worth millions. You see the difference? It's worth millions. A baseball bat in my hand, eh, depending on how much I pay for it, that's what it's going to cost. But because I trusted Eddie Pinero, it's 90% off. But someone like Derek Jeter, where he would use that, it would be worth millions. You see the difference? That's when you look at your situation and you try to do it in your own flesh, realize it's going to stink. Value is going to go down. You're going to be disappointed. It's not going to happen. But when you leave it in God's hand, it's going to happen. It's going to be better. 19, for the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. He's just paraphrasing. He's just repeating. He's making emphasis here. Verse 21, he says, I find then the, a law, not the law. Remember I said, if you have the in front of the law, it's referring to the what? Mosaic law. The law, T-H-E, the law is referring to Mosaic, is referring to the commandments. But he says, I find a law. Here in the Greek is nomos, which means principle. I find a principle. I find a principle. And so what Paul is saying here is that he has discovered this principle drawn from the experience of his life. 
in that when I want to do what is right, I do what is wrong. That's the principle. He just found a principle. It's not a law. It's a principle. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God. That is the commandment. And now he's not delighting the principle in the commandment. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. In other words, Paul is saying, I love God's law with all my heart. I delight in it. How many of us, we know we want to do the right things, but we do the wrong things. We open up the scriptures and we just enjoy it. Because why? It's probably bringing conviction to you. It's probably blessing you. It's the same thing. You see, we can relate to Paul. The psalm is right. In Psalms 119, uh, verse 47, he says, I would delight myself in your commandments, which I love. Psalms 119, 97, he says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. I hope that is our meditation all day, every day. Don't do it for ritual. Don't do it as a morning ritual like you get your cup of coffee. Do it to meditate in the law day and night, all day. Paul loved the word of God. He delighted in the word of God. And let me tell you something, saints. This is how you know you're spiritually healthy and alive. And I always say, this is the test. This is the test. You, know what, you want to know what the test is? You want to know where you stand? If you're spiritually healthy? We know you're alive. You're eating food. Your body's hungry and you eat. You eat three times a day because your body's hungry. A person that's not hungry is dead. The same way we look at spiritually. Do you have a hunger for the word of God? Answer yourself that question. Take it home. Ponder and think about it. Or what really craves your, your, your flesh? Is do a ritual watching TV a certain time of day? Or watching a certain uh, program? Compare that to, boy, I just can't wait to study the word of God. I can't wait to be in his presence. I, I'm looking forward to what God, the Holy Spirit is going to show me this time. Or oh, I'm going to look at that text that I had a problem interpreting, but I'm not going to rip out of my page. I'm going to see if God reveals it to me this week. When you have a hunger for the word of God, you're spiritually healthy. If you don't, we need to put some, you know, that Bible IV liquid into your veins, your spiritual veins, you get back alive. So Paul knows that the law is holy. He knows it's just. He knows it's good. Paul wants to do God's will. He wants to do it. He wants to do his right. The scripture is there. He's, he loves it. He's, it's ministering to him. And he's looking at all the scriptures. However, in verse 23, he says, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. In other words, in my mind, I want to do what's right to honor and serve God. It is there. It's in my mind to obey his commandments and his law. However, my flesh, my body rebels against God and it sins. That sin is causing me to sin. I know the scriptures. I know the law. I, I know that I, I want to do what's right. I want to do the right things. I know that I need to do the right things. But sin that is within my members, is at war with the right things to do that's in my mind. Meditate. That's what the word meditate comes from. Meditate in the word. Memorize. If you can memorize, even better. Even better. Especially in areas in your life where you know you're weak. Get those verses that'll 
encourage you, that'll have you, remind you to put your, your, your trust in the Lord. When you're weak, he's strong. I struggle with certain things in my life. Find scriptures that help you with that struggle. It's what Jesus did when he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. Saying, say, hey, to turn these stones into bread. Jesus gave him scripture. And that, you know, man should not live by bread alone, you know, one after the other. He didn't speak in tongues and start rebuking him. No, he gave him verses. He didn't run away. He gave him verses. And so this is what, it's in your mind. And so when, when you come across your everyday struggles, the things that are wrong, instead of doing the things that are right, this is probably the cry that we have. Why does my eye see the things that it should not see? Why are my ears listening to things that should not listen to? Gossip. Why does my tongue speak gossip? You know it's wrong, but your body is right. There is a, always will be a battle in the flesh. But Paul knows in how, how wretched we are. So he says this. After all this, he explains all this. This is what he says in verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Now that I just came strong on you, I came strong on myself. You know, we're wicked, we're mortal, we're cardinal. There's no, no, no good in us. Now here's the cry. This is the right cry. Oh, wretched man that I am. You could almost hear the moan in the Apostle Paul's voice. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will free me from this life that is so dominated by sin and death? Every Christian who reads Romans chapter 7, especially verses 14 to 25, should immediately, automatically, when you read and study, you, you could identify Paul's expression, his frustration, and his agony due to the weakness of his flesh. And we're talking about Paul the Apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who has set me free from that? In the, 19, in the early 1900s, there was an English preacher by the name of A.W. Pink. This is what he writes in regards to this text, this passage. He writes, the man who does not utter this cry daily is either so out of communion with Christ or so ignorant of the teaching of scriptures or so deceived about his actual condition that he knows not the corruption of his own heart, and the adject failures of his own life. The one who is truly in communion with Christ will admit this groan daily and hourly. And that is the truth. When you realize how wretched you are, that you always need Christ, daily you would say, Lord, you know, I, have, you know, I want you in my life. You know, I'm a Christian but there's so much world in me. There's so much of my job, my career. There's so much I have in front of you. And the only time I have with you is when we have service. The only time I open up my Bible is when we have service. And so this is what we have to say. Oh, wretched man that I am. The more holy we look at God and we realize that there's no good in us, that our right... Uh, uh, a righteousness is as filthy rags, the better you're in the right place. You're in the right place. But saints, praise the Lord, because you already have this hope in you if you accepted Christ. Praise the Lord. Read verse 25. It says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank God for Jesus 
through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I thank God for deliverance. I thank God for his son, Jesus Christ. I thank God that Jesus paid the penalty for my sins at Calvary. I thank God for eternal life. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God for his everlasting love. But thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he says, so then, going back, he just, he just wants you to have some hope. <laughs> After Peter's letting you know, hey, listen, we're, we're wretched. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're corrupt. We're carnal. He's letting you know right now. Okay, so then, praise God, we're not. But so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. In my mind, I really want to obey the law, God's law. However, because I am carnal in the flesh, all to you human, because of my sinful nature, I am in sin. I sin, I blow it all the time. Thank God for his son, Jesus Christ. And when we get to chapter eight, Paul is gonna, you know, after he just beat us up right now, chapter seven, when it comes to chapter eight, there's going to be hope. You're going to be encouraged, saints. So, But we all know we have faith in Christ. Paul is just letting us know, listen, don't be deceived. Don't think you got it all together. Don't think because you fall under the Christian banner that you're safe. Anything could happen. Hey, listen, L- Lucifer was in heaven. He saw God in all his glory, yet he fell. Judas was with Jesus, saw the miracles, saw the life of Jesus for three years. Three and a half years. He was with Jesus. He saw what Jesus could. He heard the words coming out of his mouth. He knew he was the son of God. But he betrayed Jesus. Don't be deceived. Because you have an angelic being who saw God in all his glory rebel against God. You saw one who saw the son of God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He betrayed Jesus. Don't be deceived. If you know your place in your relationship with Christ, and you know that your relationship is dependent upon what he has done, you're in a good place. The problem is when people start thinking that I'm good, there's good in me, I could help myself. That's the problem. The problem is when people think that they uh, could do it in their own strength. The problem is when people think that we don't sin, we don't blow it. That's the problem. We realize, you know, it is all Jesus and Jesus alone. Always remember that, saints. God loves you. He would never, never leave you nor forsake you. He would not give you a burden you can't bear. And as children, you, many of you are parents. Well, you've had great parents. How much more the Lord, God, who loves you, died on the cross for you. He's not going to leave you to fall. And, to, you know, when you depend on him, I could do all things to Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I'm running the race. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of Romans with us here on Running the Race. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard today and that you're eager to learn more about Jesus. If you'd like to listen to more messages by Eddie, visit our website at runningtheraceradio.com. There you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesday at 7 p.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. 
Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. Right now, Tracy has some information about how you can be a part of the ministry here at Running the Race. Radio programs like Running the Race are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced, and God has given us a vision to see Running the Race expand throughout the tri-state area. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race? Log on to runningtheraceradio.com and simply click on the Give option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. There's much more to learn from the Book of Romans on the next edition of Running the Race.